the characteristic scent of burning logs that had woken him in the house that morning, shortly after eleven, when they had brought him to the professor for the first time. He'd been feeling ill even at that stage, dangerously ill, but his condition had dramatically worsened since then. A few hours ago, his outward symptoms had been scarcely detectable. Now, blood was dripping onto his dirty trainers from his mouth and nose. His fractured ribs grated together at every breath, and his right arm hung limp at his side like an ill-fitting appendage. Mark pressed the brass button once more, again without hearing a bell, buzzer or chime. He stepped back and looked up at the balcony. Beyond it lay the bedroom, which by day afforded a breathtaking view of the little forest lake, whose surface at windless moments resembled a sheet of window glass, a smooth, dark pane that would shatter into a thousand fragments as soon as someone tossed a stone into it. The bedroom remained in darkness. Even the dog, whose name he had forgotten, failed to bark, and there were none of the other sounds that usually emanate from a house whose occupants had been roused from sleep in the middle of the night. No bare feet padding down the stairs, no slippers shuffling across the floorboards while their owner nervously clears his throat and tries to smooth his tousled hair with both hands and a modicum of spit. Yet Mark was unsurprised, even for an instant, when the door suddenly opened as if by magic. Far too many inexplicable things had happened to him in the last few days for him to waste even a moment's thought on why the psychiatrist should be confronting him fully dressed in a suit a neatly knotted tie, as if he made a point of holding his consultations in the middle of the night. Perhaps he really had been working in the recesses of his little house, perusing old case notes, or studying one of the thick tomes on neuropsychology, schizophrenia, brainwashing, or multiple personalities that lay strewn around, although it was years since he had practised as anything but an occasional consultant. Mark didn't wonder either, why the light from the room with the fireplace was reaching him only now. Reflected by a mirror over the chest of drawers, it seemed to adorn the professor with a momentary halo. Then the old man stepped back, and the effect vanished. Mark sighed. Wearily, he leant his uninjured shoulder against the doorpost and raised his shattered hand. Please, he implored, you've got to tell me. His tongue impinged on some loose front teeth as he spoke. He coughed, dislodging a little drop of blood from his nose. I don't know what's been happening to me. The psychiatrist nodded slowly, as if he found it hard to move his head. Most people would have recoiled at the sight of Mark and slammed the door in alarm, or at least summoned medical assistance. But Professor Nicholas Haberland did nothing of the kind. He merely stepped aside and said in a low, melancholy voice, I'm sorry, you're too late. I can't help you. Mark nodded. He'd expected this reply and was prepared for it. I'm afraid you have no choice, he said, taking the automatic from his torn leather jacket. Chapter 2 the professor made his way along the passage to the living room. Mark followed close behind with the gun levelled at his back, but he was glad the old man didn't turn round and see how close to passing out he was. 
He'd felt faint as soon as he entered the house. The headache, the nausea, the sweating. All the symptoms intensified by his mental ordeal of the last few hours had suddenly returned. He was almost tempted to cling to Haviland's shoulders and let himself be towed along. He was tired, unbearably tired, and the passage seemed infinitely longer than it had on his first visit. Look, I'm sorry, Haviland repeated as they entered the living room, whose most conspicuous feature was an open fireplace with a log fire slowly expiring on the hearth. His tone was calm, almost compassionate. I really wish you'd come sooner. Time's running out. Haviland's eyes were completely expressionless. If he was frightened, he managed to conceal it as effectively as the old dog asleep in a little wicker basket by the window. The buff-coloured ball of fur.